past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We've glad, we're glad you've joined us here today because you're going to get some great insights from one of our guests. And of course, we're always talking about tools that you need to grow your career and succeed in this world of careers where now you are on your own in managing your career. And Sean, you have been a an entrepreneur, but you're also going to be talking about how people can apply these concepts to any kind of career. And I love what you're talking about and your the title of your book, because you are talking all about finding meaning in your work. And Sean is the CEO of Askinoski Chocolate, um, which I would have to say caught my mind, caught my attention when you um, when I saw your your business. And you've also been deemed as one of the top 25 smart best small companies in America. And, um, you know, I just look forward to hearing more about your book and your thoughts on finding meaning in your work. So thank you for joining us today, Sean. Well, thank you for having me, Marie. I look forward to our conversation. Yeah. So your book is all about finding meaningful work. And as I said, you've done this as an entrepreneur and you help people or you talk about how people can do this as an entrepreneur, but also in our kind of everyday world, our everyday work. And one of the topics that you talk about is sorrow. So tell me a little bit about what sorrow has to do with finding meaningful work. Mm, Okay. Let's just jump off the high dive into the depths right here, right now. Um, You're right. Um, And I think a lot of times people, when searching for the next thing, when deciding what career path they're going to take, whether they're going to stay where they are or launch off into something new, work for someone else, or start their own business, the default response is the Google search box. Research, books, podcasts, friends, experts. Um, And what I'm encouraging people to do is really uh, go ahead and do that stuff if you need to, to sort of move through it, but I'm I'm suggesting to not expect everything from that, and what I'd like for people to consider is the sorrow in their own lives, and most people, uh, most professionals, most people um, have had some kind of heartbreak, and I uh, think, of course, there are people who haven't, um, and good for them, but I I encourage people to explore that and to really do some reflection and meditation on the heartbreak in their own lives, because I believe it can be a genesis point to uh, the most amazing amount of creativity, inspiration, and joy that we could uh, ever experience in this life. Do you have an example from yourself or someone you've worked with, how that thinking about the sorrow or the heartbreak helped them identify meaning? Yes. The, a, a quote that I use in the book and talk about a lot is Khalil Gibran, who says that our greatest joy is our sorrow unmasked. 
and this is true, and it was true for me. And I was a criminal defense lawyer for 20 years before I started this chocolate business. So, um, I, I but I was on a five-year path, not knowing at the time it was going to take five years. I was still trying cases, still practicing, but really desperately searching for the next path in my life and becoming pretty disillusioned and frustrated with the whole thing. Um, so what I did, sort of uh, unwittingly, unknowingly, but... <clears throat> I visited the heartbreak in my own life that had happened, in that case, it was 25 years before, when my dad died of lung cancer when I was 14 years old, um, which is appropriate for this month, the month of November. We're in National Children's Grief Awareness Month. So anyway, I had never really processed the grief and trauma that that brought to me and my family, and so here I am, a lawyer trying cases, winning and making a lot of money, desperately searching for the next path, and I started volunteering um, in the palliative care department of a local hospital, which is basically hospice in the hospital, working with, not working with, but visiting patients who were dying, and so for myself, on Fridays when I was in town, I would just stop in and visit with a list of patients the, the palliative care team had given me, and they were all over the hospital, but all of them were dying in some stage of dying, and I would just visit about anything from pie recipes to family to hunting and fishing and whatever they wanted to talk about. But I always ended by asking them if they'd like me to say a prayer for them, and uh, I learned that most people who are dying will take a prayer. So anyway, uh, long story short is, when I did visit with those patients and when I would often touch their hand or their arm while I was praying for them, I found um, after that experience um, many days that um, I felt this kind of joy that I'd never really experienced before. And that was, um, that was putting me kind of in touch, if you will, with this grief that had started 25 years earlier when my dad was very sick and died. And I found that by accessing the heartbreak in my life, by willing to confront it and look at it and make friends with it and talk to it and explore it um, and, and plumb the depths of this heartbreak, that I could, by doing that, I could create some clarity in my life. I could create some space. And the space and clarity... <clears throat> For a hard-driving, hard-charging entrepreneur or some anyone who prides themselves on their research abilities and abilities to find the answer to every problem, um, that's exactly what I needed. I needed space. I needed clarity, and that that volunteer work, and that that and and not just the volunteer work, but accessing the heartbreak in my life is what gave it to me. It was the key that unlocked the door, and then. I started this chocolate factory. So that's the best example I can think of. So that ability to kind of stop and pause and figure out what was really important to you then gave you the mental space, if you will, to see where you were going next. Exactly. And the problem was, and I think the the problem then and as is now, and it's worse now, is that the distraction in our windshield is just almost overwhelming because we're presented with what we what seems to be um, just this whole plethora of opportunity and the paradox of choice paralyzes us. And so 
um, the Internet has done great things for us, but it also has just given us this sense of, well, I can do everything, I can do anything, and we're paralyzed. And so I thought that was the way. I thought just research and and talking, and I thought that I would figure it out. But And, and what happened instead is I my anxiety increased. I started experiencing depression, and I thought, well, I'm going to be doing this forever, and I can't do it anymore. What am I going to do? That's a, that's a pretty... Um, uncomfortable place to be right and and when people are changing careers i often see that you know they'll go online and research in the occupational (laughs) handbook and they'll see oh this job is growing or this job isn't growing and although those data points are important as you say it can't tell us what we're going to be driven to do it can't tell us what we um what we're going to have the energy to do just because something's growing, quote unquote, based usually on five-year-old data <laughs> in the right. occupational handbook. Um, that doesn't mean that it's the the place for, for us or where we're going to be successful. So really tapping into what is meaningful to us. And it sounds like for you, that was tapping into perhaps grief that you haven't processed. For some of my clients that may be tapping into um, work-related grief if you will so they always saw themselves doing this but never got an opportunity or they've always been undermined or um, not appreciated so there's oftentimes something that they'll have to be processing there or perhaps um, some real drive towards a a future which we're going to get to here in a minute that um, future problem that they can see themselves solving or that vision of what they could do in the world can also be that driving force. Exactly. I read a book by Poe Bronson during this time called What Should I Do With the Rest of My Life? And I remember specifically, I love the book. He's a great writer. I thought there'd be a chapter at the end of that book that was written just for me, you know, that it was an an invisible ink or something, but it wasn't there, you know, and that, that I think, I, look, we, we all know that one of the best exercises we can do in this, especially in the beginning of our search, is sort of make this inventory list of our skill set, our passions, and what the world needs, and see where those points intersect with each other. And that's going to be this kind of Zen diagram of the shaded in area where all of those things overlap. The problem is at least the problem with a lot of the people that I talk to and I speak about this all over the country, is that many people, uh, they can identify their skill set and what the world needs, however you want to define world, but it's the passion that what is really, really inspiring me, what is driving me forward, and that's where people um, fall down, and often, I find, and that's what I'm talking about here. Yeah, that that connection to what is motivating me. And um, just here before we go to our break, part of this that you've worked into your worldview, if you will, is service. And how does service fit into this for you? The, the, The service fits in two ways. The first way is I'm encouraging people, entrepreneurs or others who are having trouble um, locating their passion, either because they never found it or because they found it and lost it, which that can happen. Um, and I'm saying 
find someone who needs you, anybody. And I don't mean on the board of directors. I mean find people, a group in your neighborhood, your family, um, whomever that needs you. Roll up your sleeves and start serving them. Gandhi said, if you want to find yourself, lose yourself in the service of others, this is what I'm asking. This is what brings clarity. The second place service comes in for me is I've been doing this chocolate business now for 14 years, and I guess you could call it service, um, but we don't... um, I would I, I try not to put it in a silo of service in my company, but you know we work with cocoa farmers all over the world. We drill water wells. We have a, a school lunch program for malnourished children in Tanzania and the Philippines. Um, we're a very small company of only 17 people, but I take local high school students to Tanzania every other summer to meet um, cocoa farmers. So we have all of these things, but they're not. Um, I could see where one would. Um, categorize them as service, but I, I like to sort of mix it all in with everything that we do in our business. It's all just jumbled in together. Um, so that's the way I guess you would say in air quotes, service would fit with what we do. Um, it's part of who we are. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. We're going to talk a little bit more about that when we get back and how you and, and your clients for my listeners who are also in the helping professions, how you can help your clients find meaningful work. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America. Business Channel. Every business wants to succeed. Every individual wants to succeed. But with an ever-changing economy, how can you manage to keep things doing so well, even in times of instability? You can. Tune in to Thriving in Uncertainty with host Meredith Elliott Powell. Meredith and her guest experts have the answers you need to keep you ahead of the changing game in business. Listen every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Accept the challenge to succeed. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. 
If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're talking with with Sean about how you can find more meaningful work. And Sean, you've been telling us about your journey in discovering that the the pain of losing your father was really kind of an unprocessed area for you. And, and once you started to process that, had more creative creativity, if you will. And that also in your company, you have this portion of service, which I'm guessing also offers an opportunity for your employees to explore that area of giving back. And you always get that um, feeling when you volunteer, you you get that ability to connect with yourself and, and realize that you're getting just as much out of it as you're giving, which sometimes is an unpopular um unpopular idea but that's that's what we do right when we give back we also right. heal ourselves right in fact sometimes, sometimes we feel even more guilty because we get more out of it not as much we we get more out of it that's why one of the things that i write about that i think is even deeper than kind of, than giving back and deeper than service and that is when you are working with someone else who needs you you find that you can reach this place of mutuality where I'm not the service provider giving service to the service recipient. I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with them and we are each other. And that's where we find um, that we can exercise our compassion muscle. And when we exercise compassion and kindness, um, this is, I mean, I don't care what job you're in. I don't care what you do, but this, this is what it's about. We want the chance during the day to exercise compassion and kindness. Yeah, yeah. And then you have this concept, too, of reverse scale. So tell me a little bit about that. The North American culture tells uh, us business people that in order to have value, our idea, our venture must be able to scale and our friends want to know if our project can scale because it that means we'll be rich and, and and chambers of commerce want to know if our business or idea will scale because it means more jobs investors want to know because it's more money to them and banks everybody wants to know and so we've just been conditioned over time to think that our ideas in order to have value must be able to scale and scale quickly and i'm challenging that notion and i'm saying wait a minute is it possible that your great idea could have amazing value if it only affects one or two people or three people or maybe only even you, yourself? And that's what I want people... Of course, scale is important and necessary in, in, in areas of human, re, human relief and famine and disaster relief and those things, of course. But I'm saying in the everyday world of business, and the reason for this, and our company is only 17 people, as I said... Um, but it's tough to find yourself when you're distanced from others. And so what I'm asking of myself every day is, can I push back against that? Can I resist that notion of, 
of scale. And how do I do that? I do it by developing a discipline and a practice of trying to stay tethered to the thing that drew me to this business in the first place. And so what that would look like in everyday world is I don't delegate relationships with cocoa farmers. I go myself. In, in January, when I go to the Philippines, it'll be my 45th trip since I started this business to meet with cocoa farmers around the world. And I mean, it takes me 50 hours to get where I'm going in the Philippines and 60 hours to get where I'm going in Tanzania. So I've done this a lot. I could delegate that, but I have the chance to deepen relationships when I do that. And so reverse scale is saying, instead of delegating and supervising and writing checks and looking for the person who's going to replace the person who's now doing what I'm doing, is I I want to focus on right now. This is it. This chocolate bar, this employee, this farmer in the present moment, that I can't pass the buck to a future me with more scale. It's right here, right now, and that's it. That's what reverse scale is. Interesting. Well, and and even your award there with Forbes, the small business, there's a movement, right, towards small businesses doing small well instead of everyone pushing to be a big business. It's kind of like thinking, well, everybody's going to be the A employee. That doesn't work, right? A bell curve says that we can't Mm -hmm. all be above average. Um, And some of us are going to have small businesses or some of us are going to be individual contributors for our entire career. And instead of minimizing that, how can we be the best that we can be in that role that we choose or in that company size that we choose, et cetera? Right. Thank you for pointing that out, because what study after study has shown is that the joy that we find in the workplace isn't from the title of our job. It's the attitude that we bring to the task. Mm. That is where we're able to connect with joy and, and meaningful work, no matter where we work. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier. When we have the opportunity to express compassion at work, to be kind at work, when we have the chance to deepen human relationships with, and this doesn't have to be a big deal, and it's not necessarily coworkers. It could be people in the supply chain, customers, any of those things. It just gives us a chance to have a better day and a more meaningful day than if the only thing that I'm worried about is how fast I'm going to push this gross revenue number so I can meet some investor expectation. I mean, man, that is a, that is a, that's a tough life and it will eventually wear you down. Well, and some of that depends on our personality and our motivation, right? And and being in touch with that is what's important. There might be some right. people who are just that stereotypical salesperson, CEO, and that is what they thrive on. And that's great for them. But if we're not that person, if that's not our motivation, if that's not our personality, and we push ourselves to be that, then we're going to be burned out, unhappy, you know, because we're constantly trying to be something that we're not, really. Well, and I think one of the jobs as an employer, as an entrepreneur, is to watch that salesperson that you just described. And it's our, I think it's our obligation to be able to see ahead of that arc a little bit. Because eventually, even that person is going to need um, 
to have some kind of human connection because we it's we so we may not need it in a part of our career maybe it's our 20s or our 30s or whatever but eventually we're going to need it and i'm not saying that it has to be at work but i'm saying one of the things that i want to do as an employer and working with the people that i work with is be engaged with them so that i can in some sense the best i can forecast what they might need coming up so that we can have it available to them and so that they'll be engaged. We all know that, I mean, Gallup tells us that two-thirds of the American workforce is disengaged. Fifty-five percent of executives aren't engaged at work. And this isn't new. This has been going on for almost two decades. So we have to really be careful and, and, and watch out, especially as business owners and employers, um, that we're giving opportunities to employees that um, just give them a chance to have a meaningful day. And you're right. There are some people who they, they want to sell the, the next thing, and that's, we, have, we have some here, thank goodness, who want to right. sell chocolate. But, right. But I also well, want to our values, work with students. Yeah, and as you point out, our values shift. So yeah. uh, you could have someone that really wants to travel and push, and then they have kids, and they want something different. And That's one of the most challenging things about career work is that values, they motivate us, they push us, they define whether we're happy or not, and they are the most changeable thing in our careers. Our personality will stay the same. Our skills, you know, they grow, but they evolve fairly linear, linearly in, in most times. But our values really peak and valley and shift and um, what we're looking for out of work shifts. So kudos to you as a leader to pay attention to that. And you have to stay connected to your people so that you can be clued in when their values are shifting. Yeah. Well, don't take me wrong. I'm not perfect at it. But at least I'm aware. I'm aware of the need for sure. All right. So we only have a few minutes left, but I have to ask this question: <laughs> What is Chocolate University? Because I'm pretty sure that you should sign me up. <laughs> well, Chocolate University is a program we started when we started the company to engage the kids in the neighborhood of our factory. We we are in a sort of impoverished neighborhood, if you will, and um, so we wanted to engage the kids. Um, in the elementary school nearby of two things. One, that business can be a force for good in the world. And two, that there's a world beyond Springfield, Missouri. And so we've had this program. The kids come here. We go there. It's a back-and-forth relationship. And then we have a middle school program, a summer school program, a high school program, like I mentioned earlier, where we take local high school students to Tanzania. And um, it's pretty much just in southwest Missouri, but it is um, it's a. It's definitely one of the vocations of our chocolate business to work with students. That's amazing, and the travel piece of that, and getting um, anyone, but especially students who may not have seen the world, giving them that opportunity to see the broader perspective. Um, what a great opportunity for them, and and a fun way for your business to connect to the community and and do good in the world. So, how can people follow you, Sean? How can they learn a little bit more about you, and how can they get the book? Well, thanks for asking. Well, the book Meaningful Work is on Amazon or other um, bookseller sites, in Audible or um, Kindle or hardback, and um, people can find us at Ask an OC. 
um, chocolate on social media or just askanosi.com. And we ship chocolate all over the country, and it's A-S-K-I-N-O-S-I-E. And I've got a blog at seanaskenosi.com. So Askenosi Chocolate, um, I will definitely be looking that up, and I'm excited to follow what you're doing. So thank you for joining us and talking about meaningful work. And if you're listening out there, go and, and get the book so you can hear more of Sean's story and his tips for how you can find meaningful work. We're going to take a break, and we're going to say goodbye to Sean. But when we come back, we'll unpack this a little bit and talk about how you can find meaningful work. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Today we live in a truly global environment. Business can more easily be conducted now in almost any part of the world. How do you, as a business owner or professional, navigate the ever-changing business landscape? Tune in to Leadership Beyond Borders with host Kimberly J. Lewis. With a worldwide resource of guests, you'll find out what opportunities and challenges surround diverse and virtual organizations. Listen live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we were talking with Sean Askinosi about how you can find meaningful work. And, of course, Sean runs a chocolate company and um, excellent philosophy that he has around reverse scaling, being comfortable with where you are and really knowing what motivates you and not being afraid to stay in that role, which I think, as he and I were discussing, sometimes we get pressure to grow bigger, have a bigger business, 
advance in your career. And sometimes that's great. That fits with what we want. It fits with our skills and our motivations. And sometimes it doesn't. And it can take a lot of courage to know what you want, know what you do, know who you are, and say, no, this is where my sweet spot is. This is what I love to do. And Sean's example of that he travels and talks to his um, cocoa growers himself instead of delegating that, it really comes down to understanding our own motivations. And meaning is that connection between what drives us and the work that we do. The faulty thinking that I would hear from clients a lot was that if they could find a job within a nonprofit, somehow that would make their work meaningful. And nothing externally is going to make our work meaningful at least in what I've seen, it's that internal opportunity to really know our values, to know what our motivations are, and then to connect that to our work. And Sean's doing it in a chocolate company. It hasn't, you know, it would not have an inherent piece of giving back to the community if that wasn't something he brought to the company, he brought to his work. This idea of going out and looking for meaning or looking for purpose can click for some people and the idea of passion, as he was talking about it, you know, for him, it came through volunteer work and the opportunity to maybe volunteer in an area where he had not healed and that helped him make the connection, right? It helped him figure out what he wanted to do and how he wanted to move forward. However, he creates meaning every day in his work. He creates purpose every day in his work by understanding what he values, which is the relationships, the connections to others and the service to the community. That's his values. Doesn't have to be all of our values and that's okay. Um, you probably heard me tell this story before when I was working with a younger gentleman, probably mid-20s, mid to late 20s, and he wanted to find a new type of job. He was in appraising, and it was up and down, it wasn't steady, and a lot of his family was saying, you know, you'd be great in HR, you'd be great as a teacher, He and I went through some values exercises. What did he value? What did he need out of work? What was he looking for out of work? And a lot of it had to do with money. He wanted to make a certain amount of money to be able to buy a house, propose to his girlfriend, right? He was looking for stability, stability and some level of earnings that would provide him with that stability. Now, I could argue with him and say, earnings aren't going to matter. You're going to feel so much better if you're giving back to the community or if you're helping people. Don't you want to help people? Everybody wants to help people. You should be a teacher. Well, the reality of being a teacher and the reality in his life were not going to match, right? It wasn't going to feel like he was helping people if he wasn't able to get the stability that he wanted in his life. Now, the either or kind of idea is a lot of times a problem 
because of course it doesn't have to be either or. How could he help people teach, um, do the things that made his family see him in those roles while still having the stability that he wanted in his life? And after talking to some of his friends and his parents and brainstorming, he came up with the idea that he wanted to go into the tech side of hospitals, the healthcare, the tech side of healthcare. And he was going to be a technical person in healthcare. And that was right as the whole idea of centralized technology for healthcare systems was coming about. And he was going to go back and get his master's to be a, an a health care tech person. I know there's a more technical term for that, but it's not coming right now. So that's what he was going to do. And it was this idea of, okay, yeah, I want to, I do want to help people. I like working with people, but I need this other piece of my values met within a career. If we ignore that, or if we as career professionals try to coach someone to ignore it, it's usually not going to work out well. Because our values, what we need out of work is what we need out of work. And it does shift. It does change. We have to stay in touch with that. And we can't ignore what it is that we need out of work right now. We have to find a way to get what we're looking for out of work or we're, we're not going to be happy. So what happens to a lot of my clients that wanted to work in nonprofits is that they wanted to work in nonprofits because they thought working in a nonprofit would help them feel more meaningful. But what they sometimes didn't realize was that they wouldn't get to do what they wanted to do in that nonprofit necessarily. So someone who loved marketing and strategy, yes, they wanted to work in that nonprofit, but if they had to go in at a program manager type of role, an internal facing kind of role, it wasn't going to let them use the skills that they wanted to use. And that was part of their career values, right? Is that they wanted to use these skills that they loved to use. They wanted to do these types of tasks every day that they loved to do. Sometimes they could make that transition and still get to use those skills, but in a different way. And sometimes they saw that it wasn't going to work that yeah, they might be working in a place where people were making the kind of difference they wanted to make, but that it wouldn't be the type of work they wanted to do day in and day out, and therefore they would be unhappy. So then we started looking for the or solution. How could they use the skills they wanted to use, do the things they wanted to do, use the, you know, the intellectual capital that they wanted to use, and still have that feeling of contributing in some way. What a lot of companies miss out on, in my mind, is the fact that exactly as Sean has tapped into, the company does not have to be doing something specifically to change the world for an individual to feel like they're changing the world as part of the company. Engineering companies, for instance, have a hard time recruiting women. Engineering has a hard time recruiting recruiting women because they have a hard time telling the story of how that engineering is making lives better instead of just how cool the technology is. And I've worked with a lot of engineers over my time and a lot of them do revel in how cool the technology is and don't as much care about how it's improving lives. But that's a s- subsection of engineers and when the company and the marketing especially is run by those engineers then you don't get the connection 
to how this work is changing lives. And I worked with an engineer early on in my career who wanted to save the world environmentally, right? Wanted to go into green and wind and solar power so that they could change the world. And was really frustrated by the fact that their experience and the industry at the time was really more open to going into the oil and gas industry and how could they go and work for the industry that was killing the earth. Well, that industry, however, had the largest opportunity to change the earth because if you could make that industry cleaner, it would actually decrease carbon emissions and help the environment more than wind and solar because we could get the dirty engines around the world running cleaner and reduce those ground greenhouse gases that would have a huge impact just as much if not more as wind and solar so it's that idea of reframing how we look at our values and the work that we're doing and that really in any job, maybe not any job, but in most jobs, you can connect the dots between what you're doing and how it's impacting others internally or externally. You just have to do the work to connect the dots. And unfortunately, companies don't help people connect those dots very often. So what are those dots for you? How does the work that you're doing connect to your definition of meaning, whether that's the tasks that you get to do and the skills that you get to use, the strengths that you bring to the work you do every day that help you shine, or fulfilling the values that you need to be fulfilling right now in your life, because guess what? You can't save the world if you can't pay your own bills. You can't save the world if you can't help your own your own family. Um, so we we have certain times in our lives where we have to fill differing types of values, and they don't have to be competing. They can be coexisting, and it takes some time to figure out how they might be coexisting. And then my idea around purpose or passion, especially purpose, is that we create purpose in our work. You can show up to any job and have purpose in that job if you look at how it's adding to what you want to do in the future. So you might not be able to be in a place right now where you feel like your work is serving your end goal purpose. Maybe you feel like your purpose is to to educate others and and you're just not there yet. What in your job right now is helping you take a step towards that goal? What are you learning today that you'll be able to apply when you get there? And if we can take that approach every day in our work, what am I getting out of today that will help me get to where I want to go tomorrow or be more successful where I want to be tomorrow? Because every day offer those opportunities. And if we can see them and take them, we'll just be that much more prepared for where we want to go tomorrow. Or maybe we don't know where we want to go tomorrow. We're still struggling. We're still lost a little bit. And guess what? Every day offers up the opportunity to say, nope, don't want to do more of that. Or wow, yeah, that. How do I get more of that? We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, wrap up all these ideas with a little bit of a bow in terms of how you can find meaning and purpose in your work. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. 
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we've been talking about finding meaningful work. And I would encourage us to think about how we can create meaning in our work and really look for those, what what does that mean? Because if you go out and search for meaningful work before we have a clear idea of what that looks like, you probably end up hopping from place to place and not really getting what you need. And when we think about what meaning looks like and how we're going to define that, you know, Sean shared his story of losing his dad at a young age and realizing that he never quite processed it or or grieved it and went to a volunteer opportunity where he could connect, where he could have those conversations with people. And in that space, gave himself an opportunity to look at what's next. And the idea of of sorrow or heartache or heartbreak or maybe the missing piece, right? What has always felt like it's missing, that can be a great opportunity to explore that gap, explore that, that opportunity when is it that that you felt like you were missing something or had that gap? And how could you explore that? And what might that look like? For some of my clients, that's been a, a place where they've never felt recognized, especially a lot of women in the workplace 
haven't felt recognized, haven't felt like they had the opportunity to utilize skills that that they know they have. And how could you seek out an opportunity to do that? And maybe even a, a volunteer opportunity to do that where outside of your space, getting new people to see you in a new way so that you can have an opportunity to really exercise those skills. And sometimes it's more of a vision of the future that maybe we're not sure how to realize or skills that we really know we want to use, but we can't figure out how to plug them in. And volunteering or serving can be an excellent way to explore those skills as well in in a little bit safer space, if you will. So when I first joined Rotary International, I was 26 years old and a lot of my peers, if you will, at that age, um, weren't joining Rotary. They were join, joining Rotaract. And people said, well, you don't want to join Rotaract. I said, no, I don't want to be a bun- around a bunch of peers my own age. I want to join Rotary because it gives me an opportunity to interact with people who are more experienced than I am, who have been leaders for a long time. And I can see that that's where I want to go, right? I want to be a leader. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be where they are, 30 years from now. And in fact, I told my mentor in Rotary that one day that, you know, Diane, I want to be where you are in 30 years. And she said, Marie, if it takes you 30 years to get where I am, Rotary is not doing their job, which was just a great compliment, right? That she had taken a long time to figure out where she wanted to go in Rotary or to get there or whatever, then I could see where I wanted to go. And so I took that opportunity to volunteer. And with Rotary, you have a lot of opportunities to volunteer locally, community service, international service. But I knew that what I wanted out of the experience was to get those leadership skills, to get the opportunity to to train and and use the skills that I didn't quite have an outlet for in my work or in my business at that point. And so I started training for the Rotary Leadership Institute. And I got to go all over um, the the U.S. and the region training for the Rotary Leadership Institute. And it gave me an opportunity to try those skills in a safe place while being mentored for free, right? It just gave me so much that I never could have imagined. And it was all in this space of service. And for me, it wasn't service directly to the community all the time, although I did get opportunities to do that with Rotary, but it was service to the system. And that fed my soul because I'm a systems thinker. And at that point in my business, I was doing more one-on-one work. And so this gave me an outlet for that systematic impact to see the rotary leaders who would get just a few little leadership skills from the day-long training that I was doing with them along with others. And then they would go out and impact their communities and their clubs. And that systematic impact that I was missing in my work at that time, I got through my service and, and rotary. So service can look different and act different and be different and give you an opportunity to connect in the way that you want to connect. And I always tell people to find service that fits for you. Going and bagging food at the food bank can be great, but if you're looking for opportunities to connect with people, probably not a great place, right? It's not going to give you that 
that piece of your heart that you're looking for, that fulfillment that you're looking for. And it may be a piece of what you do, but also seeking out those opportunities to do something that that feeds the need that you're looking for. And it was an unpopular idea um, that I shared in the Rotary Leadership Institutes that I ta- taught that Rotary's slogan, service above self, didn't really encapsulate why people joined Rotary and especially why a, a new generation might join Rotary because service is putting others above yourself. But really, service is an opportunity to connect with yourself and to get way back, way more back than you ever give because you get to feel that feeling of giving and it's okay to find service opportunities where you also get something that you're looking for because you're going to bring more of yourself to that opportunity. You're going to feel even better about it after you do it. And that's okay. That's okay. It's great to go do service that the community really needs. And it's great to find those opportunities for service where, yes, it's something that people really need. And it's something that you really need, just like Sean and going to the hospital to help with the palliative care. It's it's okay to find that sweet spot. doesn't have to be either or, even in service. So as you go and you look for meaning in your work and you look for purpose in your work, find those places to connect, those places where you see how your work is contributing to the, the broader world search for them, ask about it, connect with it. And then each and every day, how is your work getting you to that place where you'll be able to give or helping you figure out what that place might look like? Because every day you can have purpose in your work if you look for it and you seek it out. We'll be right back here again next week on The Career Confidant with another great guest and an opportunity for you to get the skills and tools that you need to take control of your own career. We'll see you next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 